Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. This is episode 258. And what we're doing is going through a number of the early church fathers to see what they had to say about biblical prophecy. And one gem from the early church is St. Jerome's commentary on the prophet Daniel. And as we explained in the last episode, one of the main issues, so to speak, in St. Jerome's commentary on Daniel centers around the historicity of Daniel. In other words, is the book of Daniel sacred scripture that includes some very potent prophecy, or is it really a fake prophecy that's it's really just history masquerading as prophecy? And this isn't a curious fact uh, from long ago. In other words, the, the debate that St. Jerome was having with the pagan philosopher Porphyry, who Porphyry said that Daniel wasn't prophecy. It wasn't written in 600 BC, as the setting of the book of Daniel seems to describe, but it was written after the fact, around 165 BC. And the issue here isn't just something from the past, because I dare say that the vast majority of Catholic classrooms on Scripture and in Catholic seminaries, the majority of those places would side with the pagan philosopher Porphyry against St. Jerome. You heard me right. This is what's going on. And so we're trying to show what St. Jerome tried to show, and I'm going to try to show you from not only St. Jerome, but from the lips of Jesus himself, there's very important historical prophecy in the book of Daniel. And specifically today, I want to focus in on what is called the Son of Man prophecy in Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I, you know, I've never, it just, just came to mind, but if you had to list the top, say, dozen or maybe two dozen prophecies in the entire Bible, Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14 would probably have to be in that list, the short list of hyper-important prophecies. And here's what the text says. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. These are two really important verses and to put him in context, Daniel is having a vision of four beasts. And just a P.S., any Christian classroom 
teaching world history that does not include Daniel's perspective is lost because so often we tend to over-glorify certain of these ancient empires that Daniel sees in his vision, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. These empires are shown to Daniel as beasts, not as delightful things to uh, admire. I mean, obviously, they have good things, certain procedures and civil government and certain things they did that are commendable, but bottom line, they are beasts fueled by power from below. And in contrast, Daniel 7, 13 and 14 has this vision of a king called the Son of Man, one like the Son of Man. And when it says that he was given dominion and glory and kingdom, and it's an everlasting kingdom, now the four beasts all thought their kingdoms and empires would last forever, and they didn't. They all came to an end, but the kingdom of God is what is being prophesied here, is one that never ends. Now, I alluded to this last time, but there is only one person who was an eyewitness to Daniel and what he was writing about. In fact, I just read this morning that I think it's something like, it's over one-third, maybe 40% of Americans, uh, well, the positive side of this poll, most Americans believe that you know Jesus was born on Christmas, and that's a good thing, and he was God. But a huge percentage of Americans who believed Jesus was God, born on Christmas, thought he became God when he was born. Now, if you're God, you're eternal. You don't have a beginning. You don't have a beginning, and you don't have an end if you're God. So there's a rather radical contradiction of thought. But Jesus was fully alive in 600 BC when Daniel wrote Daniel and talked about these things. And when Jesus comes and during his earthly ministries, here's what he said, Matthew 16 and verse 27, for the son of man is to come with his angels in the glory of his father. Jesus one of his favorite ways of identifying himself in a semi-cryptic fashion so that he wouldn't bring the Roman soldiers down in his neck immediately, used the phrase, son of man. Even though there was a Caesar alive and his representatives were basically controlling the nation Israel at that time, Jesus spoke of himself as the son of man. And this comes straight from Daniel 7. That's why this is such an important prophecy. And it's not just once or twice. Here's another one, Matthew 19, 28. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you in a new world, when the son of man shall sit on his glorious throne. In other words, again, all these uh, self important empires are going to pass away. Their glorious king of kings, and that's what the empire was. It was a king dominating other kings and kingdoms that they were going to be replaced by this great kingdom that has no end in contrast to the four earthly kingdoms. And this is again Jesus in Matthew 19 identifying himself as the son of man. 
Luke 21, where we get the name of this radio show. And there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars, men fading with fear, with foreboding of what's coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So again, Jesus is prophesying his second coming, and Revelation tells us he'll have um, a name inscribed on his thigh. And what is that name? Revelation 19, 16, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But in his ministry, he used the phrase out of Daniel. Now, if Daniel was fake prophecy, and don't give me the you know, pious, whatever, sacred author stuff, and by that you don't believe what it actually says. Jesus thought Daniel wrote Daniel, along with St. Jerome, a doctor of the church. So, which I say, uh, let's get over it. And what is being taught in Daniel is the sovereignty of God over empires and nations. And it's also our door to understanding the book of Revelation. So many people have a very hard time understanding the book of Revelation, and then they read some commentary on it or somebody's comments on it and get further confused. Here's a key, not the only key, but it's a very important key to the entire book of Revelation, and it comes right out of Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And uh, Peter Williamson, who is a great Catholic scripture scholar, and he has what I would think is an understandable commentary in the book of Revelation, which I would recommend if you're going to turn to a commentary on Revelation, it's the best Catholic commentary accessible to the layperson. And here he points out this, in Revelation chapter 1, and verse 13, it's introducing the scene, and the revelation is about Jesus Christ. It's not necessarily about some prophetic timeline. The revelation is about Jesus and who he is, and then the forces that try to eclipse that and oppose that. Revelation 1 and verse 13, in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man. This is your opening scene of who Jesus is in the book of Revelation, and as Dr. Williamson says, the exact phrase, one like a son of man, occurs only once in the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 13. And then you just the same chapter, Revelation 1-5, Jesus Christ, the ruler of of the kings of the earth. In other words, the question is, who's the true ruler of the world? Who is guiding the history of nations? Who is the prime subject of all world history? And who is worthy of our allegiance and our worship? And it's the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. Now here's the zinger from St. Jerome's commentary on Daniel. And this is his comments for, from Daniel 7, verses 13 and 14. 
And he is the one to whom all peoples, tribes, and languages shall serve. His authority is an eternal authority which shall not be removed. His kingdom is one that shall never be destroyed. Now he goes after it. Let Pophory answer the question of whom out of all mankind this language might apply to, or who the person might be that's so powerful as to smash in pieces the little horn, that's the Antichrist, whom he interprets to be Antiochus, Antiochus Epiphanes, the guy from 165. And if he says Antiochus, well, then he must explain how it's said that Judas, who opposed Antiochus, Judas Maccabees, can come with the clouds of heaven like unto the Son of Man, be brought to the Ancient of Days, and how it could be that authority and royal power was bestowed on him, which is ludicrous. It's not talking about Judas, Maccabeus, and Antiochus. And that all peoples, tribes, languages, and groups should serve him, and that his power is eternal and not terminated. There is only one person in all, all, all of human history— all of Scripture, that description in Daniel 7, verses 13 and 14, a very key phrase in Daniel, taken up again to introduce us to the entire book of Revelation, it's Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. So if you want to know what Daniel's about, it's God's sovereignty, God is king, therefore he alone is worthy of worship and our soul allegiance. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 258 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.